Access All Areas on FUBAR Radio. Hello everyone, good evening. Welcome to Access All Areas with me, Stephen Lane. And me, Bobby Norris. How you doing, babes? Yeah, really good, thank you. Really good. How's your week been, my love? It's been all right. I've uh, went, to, went to a little bar this weekend, had a little couple of drinks and then just been working away as per normal, waiting for the second lockdown. But then we were talking about this last week, so who knows when it's going to come, I guess, isn't it? What about you? How have you been? Well, like you say, waiting for these announcements, keeping fingers and toes crossed that the lockdown doesn't happen, because I think the 10 o'clock rule is plenty for now for us to adapt to. Mm. But um, yeah, keeping myself busy. I had a, a few days off work, so uh, just tried to have a little bit of a chilled one. You know, I feel in like the I've... gym by the looks of things in that little vest, Bob. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm literally still in gym clothes. <laughs> I filmed earlier and uh, thought, you know, I'm going to quickly try, try and get into the gym a little bit whilst we can. Touch wood. Hopefully, they don't yeah. lock them down again. But okay, Sarah, Sarah, as Doris mm. would say. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just uh, trying to keep myself busy, trying to be organised and, and work out as well what there is to watch on Netflix should the inevitable happen. Have yeah. you seen this thing, that, uh, the American thing next door, the family next door? I've heard about it. Wait, is this the... Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Right, you've kind of got, invo- you've got to get involved in it. So basically, okay. there's, are you into kind of like real life kind of... Like documentaries? Uh, yeah, like a documentary. Yeah. Like, this is kind of like a documentary that I've never kind of seen anything like it. I suppose this is the world of social media we're in now. So okay. there's this devastating case over in the States where this lady and the children kind of go missing, so it seems, but she documents so much of her life on social media that everything in this documentary is all kind of through her social media and through right. police videos and press stuff. And um, I mean, I don't want to tell you too much and ruin the ending, but if you've got an hour free, make sure you check it out. Because oh, is it like a one-off, not a series? Well, it comes under the title of American Murders, which kind of, ruins okay. it a little bit because you can see where it's <laughs> going to go with the title. Got it. Yeah, but, um, got it. The subtitles then, The Family Next Door. And uh, ah, okay. it starts off, because I've kind of, I get so intrigued, especially when Saints Real Life, and it always seems to be in America, I guess it's so much bigger, but when people like families, you know, they leave the house one day and there's still cornflakes on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Juice, and I think, well, where are they gone? They've not took the card or the American Express and the car's still there, so... No, if you're looking for a good, I mean, obviously it's not a good watch, it's real life and it's devastating, but... <laughs> good bit of telly, though. It good be, bit of telly. Both. It could be both. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I think, I think you're probably on to a winner there, because I think, didn't first time round, wasn't that when Tiger King came out? Like, people were still watching Tiger King at the early stages of this year. Um, yeah, I think probably we do need to get a plan down of things to watch. <laughs> and t- Tiger King um, kills about three years ago now, though, doesn't it? It really does. And that's like, because Carol Baskin was on, as we've spoken to some of the uh, uh, Selling Sunset people about, on um, Dancing with the Stars in the US and that. But you realise she hasn't even been famous for a, a year. Like, yeah. not even a year. And she's, you know, <laughs> huge, huge social media presence and... You can get her to do one of those video calls where they wish you a happy birthday or whatever, you know, like there's a cameo, um, you know, and all that. Like, and it's just crazy how quickly things, especially like with Netflix and that, just get picked up these days. And yeah, I mean, wild. We're going to have to, but like you said, I mean, to be fair, all I really watch at the minute is reruns of Star Trek because I'm a complete geek uh, and uh, Bake Off. (laughs) 
Um, into bike off. There's a couple of bits that are vague now, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Um, there, we're on the third one uh, now. Um, I've still got. Don't judge me, Bob. I've still got the Towies lined up to watch. I haven't watched. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's a it's a bit of binging for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and uh, and I mean, I know what I know what's going on because you can read it on the mail every day. To be fair, you yeah. know. Uh, I saw I saw you were talking marriage and babies with the BF. Well, the thing is as well, I've never kind of made a secret of it. Like for years, I've always said, and I think it's a everyone's different in terms of what they want and I think especially in the gay community but I've always known that I do want to I want to get married and I would love to have children do you know what I mean and if people yeah. don't it's of course different horses for different courses but I think there comes that time you've got to have that conversation with your partner because you just assume that you're always going to be on the same page with things so yeah, of course I thought well I'm going to take him up the shard for a cocktail and kind of say <laughs> look this is where, where my head will be eventually. I do want yeah. marriage and I do want kids. And he said the same, which is lovely. Because it would have been on 69 floors in the clouds. <laughs> if he didn't say, well, I'm not really feeling that, Bobs. Oh, I'm off. <laughs> Done. Done with that. Uh, no, that's cute. Sorry, Bobs. No, no, go on. I was just going to say, don't you think telly's better when you can binge it, though? So I think sometimes it's good to sit back and have a few episodes because you can just go bang, bang, bang and watch a load. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think, like... Yeah, especially now, where probably socialising isn't the best idea. Um, but speaking of telly, uh, we have a new series of Strictly up and coming, and I do believe our first guest is already here. We have uh, we have Craig Revel Horwood coming uh, up, and he's here already. So um, so should we get him in? Yeah, defo. Excited to speak to Craig. Yeah, me too. Hello. How are you doing, Craig? <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, thanks so much for joining us. I saw you on BBC Breakfast this morning, actually. Oh, very nice. <laughs> uh, they were, they, they were, they were. I was talking about this, I believe. Which oh yeah. Has just, it's just arrived in the post. Funny that. <laughs> Funny that, isn't it? I've got one too. <laughs> uh, tell us about it. Tell us about your new book. Well, it's fab. You left, of course. It's all about my life, really. Even though it's fiction, it's um, based on a sense of reality in the fact that when I was making the progression from leaving the dance world of um, hanging out my dance shoes, then moving into direction and choreography. So it was that point in my life where I was turning 30 and then felt as though I didn't have a future and I thought I needed to get one uh, because, you know, the body runs out. And of course, I lived in a house share at the time in Camden Town in NW1, of course, and uh, with six other people. And it was a nightmare, but it was also brilliant <laughs> at the same time. And I thought this would make a brilliant book, just the five years that I spent with these wonderful people. They're all very arty-farty, bohemian, that sort of thing. So uh, it was really, really good. So what I did was I wrote a book of fiction, really, based uh, with a central character running through it called Danny. And he, of course, is, um, you know, built beautifully, just like me. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> Young, fit, <laughs> fabulous. But he decides to give up dancing and then decides to become a choreographer. So um, it's about all the people <laughs> that go... I wonder where you got that from, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of the stories that I couldn't actually put into my autobiographies. Uh, I decided to utilise them 
in fiction and it worked out really really well i was really happy with it because the characters are amalgamation of people in my life of course and some of them reading the book will probably recognize a little bit of themselves in most of the characters so um it was great fun to write because it's fiction you can go to town and that's what i love the most about it really you know the fact that it didn't have it just had to read true and ring true rather than be absolute truth and i want to do more of them i want to know what happens at the end <laughs> how did you find the process of writing did you enjoy it craig well i did when i did my autobiographies they were sort of cathartic because i was working through my life and going through every single gambit of emotion that there is, you know, at all possible. And after the third one, I thought, I don't really want to do this. So basically, I, I had no more stories to tell, if you'd like. You know, I wanted to uh, fictionalise a lot of the ones that I couldn't put in the book. And I had, I don't know, a thousand pages sort of left over, really. <laughs> I thought, right, what can I do with these? <laughs> and I thought, yeah, I'll write some fiction. So I sort of started with just headlines, really, if you like. And what sort of characters needed to be in the house to replicate the characters, the type of characters that we had uh, throughout uh, the Heartbreak Hotel, it was called. And of course, I've called this one Dancing Dream on Diamond Street because uh, the word Pratt Street, where I used to live, isn't a great name. <laughs> I was <laughs> going to say Camden and Diamonds. I'm not sure the two really yeah, mixed, anyway, yeah. yeah. Diamonds <laughs> in the rough, darling. Diamonds in the rough. So it was, it was about that. And that's what was fun about it. And... Uh, I would love to pursue that, you know, as a thing to do, because especially in lockdown, it was just a wonderful thing to take yourself out of the real world and put yourself in that world of Diamond Street, you know, and, and you can, it's up to you which way the characters go. And that's what I think is uh, just brilliant. So more of that, please. Is, this how, is it how you spent most of, or not most of, some of your lockdown writing this? Yeah, I did. I also learned how to use my washing machines because I hadn't well done. worked out. Um, yeah, because <laughs> I, I never spend much time at home. I was always on tour, I was always out and about, or in London, and then never get to the country. So when I came back from Australia after filming um, Strictly Over There, which are called Dancing with the Stars in Australia, uh, during the lockdown, it was um, up until the 26th of March, I had to fly back before the final and then film the final live from my front living room, which was a bit bizarre. But um, I decided after that, when I heard that we're all in lockdown, I thought, oh, this is great. I'll take a month off. The, the weather was fantastic. Yeah. So I treated it, you know, around the pool with pina coladas. I never really thought about the future. You know, I thought everything went back to normal in a month. Like yeah. most people, and of course, yeah. seven months later, it wasn't. So the first, the first month was like a holiday at home, and I was loving every minute of it. And then the second month came along, and I thought, I really should do something, you know. And I had the idea of this book, so I thought, right, I'll finish that for the next month. And then, of course, the third month, then the fourth month, then the fifth month, and it went <laughs> on. We're and still I got, here. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got on the lawnmower, you know, I, I learned how to operate the sit-on mower that was good i've done a, a lot of gardening <laughs> i've you know chopped a few trees down and replaced them with better ones that don't fall on anybody and uh <laughs> it's been really good i've been really excited but i'm desperate to get back to work absolutely desperate have you been back to strictly yet has anything started uh, yeah we did we've filmed uh four 
um, the special shows, yeah, yeah, uh, the specials. You know, we filmed those from home, and I have to say, the first one of those took about everyone took, especially the judges, took about an hour to set up everything, (laughs) (laughs) the lighting, the earphones. They can only have one in. Then a two camera shoot, lighting. I mean, this is not my gig. (laughs) So uh, I had to learn a lot about TV and how to take cables down. I know that sounds really boring, but it took about an hour. And because it, was so, because it was so hot, I was sweating like a pig. So I was literally, <laughs> I was wearing shorts, you know, my swimwear the entire time with a tuxedo sort of on the top. <laughs> Not dissimilar to today, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I have got my pyjamas on underneath all this. That's the beauty of Zoom now, isn't it, Craig? The beauty. That is, darling. (laughs) What's your thought on that? You've you've got a very white smile, darling. Where'd you buy that? Uh, Harley straight. Oh, Harley? I won't won't lie. Mm. (laughs) Craig, so what's your thought? I'm going to get some. Oh, please, you've got lovely teeth already, babe. Oh, thanks. You're lovely. You're about doing me. I'm getting a bit jealous. <laughs> What's your thoughts, Craig? On we see our first same-sex couple this year on Strictly. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's fantastic, and I've been championing this for five years, and it's taken the beam sort of five years for me waving the big old flag for it to happen. <laughs> uh, and they did it, and we did it in Australia two years ago, and it worked really well. And that was with Courtney Act, as most people. Oh yes, yeah, she was brilliant. Problem. Yeah. yeah, absolutely brilliant. And sometimes he played the girl and sometimes he played the boy. And what was great about it was they could swap. I mean, the, the beauty about having two girls together is the pro girls never, ever get to lead. They always have to try and make their celebrity partners who can't really dance, lead them around the dance floor, which is a nightmare. But in this situation, of course, it's very exciting because it's the first time one of the girls, I don't know who that is yet, but one of them will be able to lead, which I think is going to be amazing. And that's why they're all sort of chomping at the bit to, uh, to get that particular pairage, because I think it gives them a much bigger sense of freedom, you know, and they'll be able to show off their, uh, show off their leading skills. Well, rumour has it this afternoon, and I wouldn't possibly ask you to comment, Craig, but it's, uh, apparently it's Katya. Um, and obviously Katya... Oh, there you <laughs> Katya, well, she was, she was pictured with Nicola today. Um, so I think I think Katya's well known for her uh, lifts and tricks and, and bits oh, yeah. and bobs, isn't she? So it should be an interesting pairing, I think. Oh, I think that'd be fabulous if it is, in fact, Katya. I hope it is. I mean, she's fabulous, you know, and she's a taskmaster too, which I think is brilliant. And I think um, I think that's what a boxer will need. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so true. Definitely. You know, but, but, you um, ever... it's really it's really exciting because uh, you know just the BBC getting the show on in the present environment is unbelievable. You know, the, the amount of effort they have gone to, I can't tell you, is, you know, they've gone above and beyond, really, to try mm. and get the show to the public. And I think it's so brilliant because it's, uh, it's one of those shows that the public sort of, I think, need at this point. You know, something that provides hope, something that provides some normality in the lead up to Christmas. Because we don't know where we're going to be at Christmas time. We don't know whether we're able to spend it with our families. We don't know anything. So just to have some wonderful entertainment on a Saturday night for the whole family who are in lockdown, if we still are, uh, to enjoy, I think, is a wonderful thing. So good on them, I say. Absolutely. 
Craig, do you ever get starstruck by some of the celebs that take part on Strictly? No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that is a lie. That is a lie. When Shirley Bassey came on to sing, I was literally groveling at her feet. I was disgusting. I turned into a teenage girl. You know, it was ridiculous. Um, I went, I met Liza Minnelli through the show as well. Loved that. Oh, wow. Bette Midler was another one that came and sang on the show. These are icons. Amy Winehouse. I mean, the list goes on. Yeah. And the answer to that is, yes, I do get um, starstruck. I couldn't believe it. I was so starstruck when Beyonce came through with a 25 entourage. I was in the hallway. No one's allowed to look at her or anything. I'm in the hallway. (laughs) And she came straight up to me and said, hey, Craig. I went, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I was... So excited. It's pathetic, isn't it? You'd think after all these years that wouldn't happen, but it, it does. Because I really appreciate the fact that these people are humongously talented and coming on the show and supporting them and the show, I think, is really great. So I'm very lucky. You obviously had a, uh, you've had a huge choreographing, dancing career before Strictly. So I guess you've yeah. probably met, you've met most people really, haven't you? <laughs> Yeah, I have. I've worked with a lot, you know, the Tina Turners and all of that, Roger Moore, of course, you know, loads of people. So uh, I've been very lucky, but at work, I'm very different in that respect. You know, if I'm in a corridor and I'm meeting for the first time, I'm a bit, <laughs> you know, but uh, if, I've, if I've got to direct or choreograph them, I come in with a very level head, you know, and some sort of concept of what I'm going to do with them. <laughs> uh, that's the difference, you know, because you've employed them. But um, I'm very lucky to have had a career, you know, and I think it's been... Uh, a lot of it is due to Strictly as well, I suppose. You know, uh, particularly the performance side of it, when I do panto and things like that, although that's not happening this year. But I've got my one-man show coming up next year, which would be great, which I've just been rehearsing for. And that was great fun, to actually go back into a theatre after six months. Yeah, you know, that. obviously there are, only, there are only five of us there. Like the director, but it was the only time I could get the lighting director, the director and the, the nucleus of people for the creative together in order to get the show sort of rehearsed, ready to go whenever they say that we can go back to the theatres. So I wanted to get that done in lockdown as well. So that's been completed, which I'm really um, looking forward to doing because it's been on promise now for like eight months. And I feel sorry <laughs> for the people that bought tickets, you know, in that way. But they've all been given their money, you know, they've all been given another opportunity to see the show. So that's pretty cool. So I'm keeping my fingers well and truly crossed for that to actually uh, happen on the 20th of Feb next year. So love to look forward to it. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, the theatre industry has been really decimated by this, hasn't it? And, oh, and obviously that's a big, that's a big deal for, for you and for lots of people that work in the industry. Do you think there's going yeah. to be any kind of solution anytime soon? Yeah, I think they will. I think theatres will have to change and be COVID-friendly, and that is possible. They're proving that they can do that in Denmark. They put perspex uh, things up. Uh, they stop people leaving for toilet breaks, for instance. <laughs> you, know, you have to have a wee before you go in, obviously. And no, no uh, wine when you're in there then, because that can or, be... <laughs> or they truncate the show, yeah, exactly. Or truncate <laughs> the show to an hour and uh, just leave it at that, you know, so people can sit through an hour and ten can't they, without um, any sort of problem. 
So there are ways of doing it. The 30% thing that the government has said is not great. You know, having 30% of ticket sales won't pay for the front of house staff. It won't pay for the booking office. It won't pay. Uh, it won't pay for the performers. It won't pay for the musicians. It won't pay for the electricians. I mean, there are so many people involved. And the people that have been complaining. I mean, I've heard in the news people saying, "Oh, um, it's really bad that uh, no one really cares about the theatre." That's that's not of interest and shouldn't be um, considered, you know, the arts, because they were a luxury thing. Well, I think, all right, well, you go home and you try and watch Netflix in lockdown, darling, without any of the actors being there. You know, yeah. and, you know it's, a, it's a worldwide massive industry and entertainment as human beings is uh, absolutely essential. Well, what's the point well of being... all of this if you're not doing it for, for something to aim for in the end? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and, you want to be and, able to get... And for people's well-being, you know, I think it's really important mentally, your mental stability and well-being in these sort of uncertain times are relieved, you know, with a little bit of escapism and entertainment. So, I mean, a lot of companies are doing stuff online, which is great. It's not like having the real experience. I know that, but there are ways and means of doing it. And I think if this goes on for years, it will have to change and they'll have to format a way of doing it. It seems like they'll be able to do uh, stadium shows because there's a lot of entrances and a lot of exits and you can open up the entire house rather than just half the house. Mm -hmm. and uh, use all, all the seats possible and maintain distancing, you know. So they're, they're really working hard to try and get the theatre back on its feet. But as you say, I feel sorry for, like, every industry that uh, relies on that, you know, the restaurants, the bars, the merchandise, but it's just so many people, you know, that affect. But um, you, we'll keep our fingers crossed. What do you make of the comments from the Chancellor about people have, should retrain? if they can't uh, get work at the moment? Well, that's a very interesting thing, isn't it? Yeah, I'm up for retraining for something. You know, I could go into a bakery potentially, you know, uh, and make bread, something I love the smell of, and I could spend all day doing that. Uh, I could probably learn, you know, agriculture as well. <laughs> you know, uh, but you know, we're talking like a three year training development program. And if you're like me, you know, got to pay mortgages and you've got all of this stuff. I mean, are they going to literally take everybody's house away if they can't pay their mortgage while they're retraining, you mm. know, going back to school? I mean, that's ludicrous. Mm. Yeah, retrain in what? There aren't enough jobs out there in the first place. I think, you know, the, the point is, I think, yeah, retrain theatre people into film and television, potentially, because that's where you can work because you can provide social distancing there. And mm -hmm. all, like a lot of films are now starting to get remade, you know, and, and a lot of TV is still on, you know, because obviously you can self-isolate or you can, you know, have the distance rule. You know, I've done lots of TV shows now where they're um, COVID friendly, you know, for um, particularly coming up for the Christmas season. You know, we film everything for Christmas in August, of course. So um, I've been wearing a lot of Christmas jumpers recently. <laughs> I really have, but only on television. Sadly, <laughs> not the theatre, and that's my main passion and my main love. It's just oh, it's so frustrating. Craig, I wanted to ask you, what's your thoughts on Bruno not being a judge this year on Strictly? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> no, Bruno. 
I don't have to compete with the mad Italian. Uh, no, I'm really going to miss him. I've been on the show since May 2004 with Bruno, of course, and we've become great mates over the last 15 years. You know, and it's really going to be hard without him there because he is my... I, at, at, the, um, at Elstree, where we record it, of course, and where it goes live, Bruno's in my dressing room and next door to one another, and the walls are paper thing. I can hear everything. We have conversations while we're doing our makeup and pounds <laughs> through the walls. You can hear absolutely everything. So I can hear all his complaints. I can hear the fact that he got red wine instead of white wine on his rider. You know, like, <laughs> it's hilarious. So I will definitely miss that because I think they've turned Bruno's room into i don't know a glitter ball room or something you know for extra filming so it is going to be sad not having him but he is going to be making comments of course you know um throughout the whole season and then he'll be with us i believe for the semi-final and the final so that'll be good you know and then i'll get to see him then we normally go out to the theater together that's our mainstay you know go out for a drink and then the theater so that won't be happening with it not this year not this year what what have been your uh won't keep you too much longer but what have been your your uh best and worst moments of strictly over the years like people that you've seen and moments and what's going on well the, i think probably the best and worst all in one thing is dan widdicombe i mean that i still <laughs> i can still watch the dancing that her and anton did you know and it She's does it make me <laughs> it's just really, and her arms and legs i mean just spinning her around the entire dance floor literally by one arm and one leg <laughs> as an for the best <laughs> that you do with kids was just brilliant television and i can still watch that and laugh and it's brave people like her really on the show that makes the show i really do say that and seeing people if you go back in time mark rampakash who couldn't dance to save his life and then went on to win it and was fantastic you know it's just brilliant seeing how people develop and how they commit themselves to it and obviously year after year people have just got better and better and better and it's been absolutely brilliant so um i, I do think back to those first you know couple of weeks darling that were absolutely awful and then and i said we give this three weeks darling it's gonna be it's <laughs> it funny <laughs> when you watch those first series how, I mean, they just were less intricate routines, weren't they, now? They, you know, they're being thrown up in the air and oh, crisis. Yeah. yeah, people flying in, you know, with, <laughs> with fireworks going off and all sorts of things. Now. I mean, it's hilarious. It's brilliant, though. I mean, the production values they now uh, have, you know, that's largely due to all the producers that we've had over the years, you know, coming in and really putting a bomb up it to say, right, this is what we're doing this year and it's going to be absolutely better than last year. And I think this year will prove to equal all of them and if not be better because of the lockdown restrictions. You know, you're pushed into creative corners that are difficult to get out of. So it takes a really good creative mind to make it work. And that's when new work and new material uh, becomes present. You know, Picasso did that you know, was pushed into corners and just designed something that everyone loved, you know, back in the 20s and 30s and stuff. So, I mean, that, that's the way things go, you know, and that's how creativity is sort of born when you're pushed into somewhere that you've got to get out of. And I think it's going to be incredible. I'm super excited. Is there anyone you're... Oh, sorry, go on. Go on. Go on. Go on. Yeah. I, I read somewhere, obviously we can't take it 
all for gospel, but somewhere that we're going to see a change in how the, the audience is when they're watching the show because of socially distancing. Is it going to be more on tables? Yeah, what, they, what they've decided to do is go back to the original show, bizarrely, uh, where we had sort of cocktail tables, you know, with little lamps on them. So it was like a dinner and, you know, dance dinner. Yeah, like a cabaret type thing. That's how they visualised it in the beginning. But this time they can do, um, as long as the government allow it, obviously, it depends where we're at, but they have um, several plans. But the, the number one plan will be to have four people from a family bubble on each one of the um, two-metre-separated tables. And they will provide at least uh, atmosphere. You know, they, they won't have any of my friends, darling, they said. And they won't, the judges can't have any of our mates there. But they're um, people that have been, I suppose, desperate to see the show and never got tickets. So I think it's really good, you know. So uh, let's hope that that happens. If that doesn't, there is a plan for absolutely no audience. And I've experienced that before with the show in Australia where we couldn't have any audience at all. And it felt really weird at the beginning, I've got to, got to say, because uh, I'm so used to being booed or having <laughs> some, some reaction from the audience. So I just ended up booing myself or pretending I could hear, hear you. <laughs> yeah, I was going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what they're thinking at home. Right? I know what they're thinking at home. Wow, let me say this, you know, so there is a way around it, you know, and it was, it was, it was just as exciting. Obviously, the audience and the atmosphere really make up the majority, you know, of that electricity. So um, that will happen, I have no doubt, you know, so I'm looking forward to that as well. I mean, just a whole new layout with the judges separate. And I can't wait, actually, to get to work. I know you're making me excited to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Craig, thanks so much for joining us this evening. Really appreciate it. And um, best of luck with the book and, and with the show. The thank book, you, the you. book, your precious oh, baby. Lovely. Yeah, my precious <laughs> baby. I've just given birth. It hurts. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so uh, much, Craig. Thanks, Craig. Bye. Take care. Bye. Look, love. Look after those Bye. teeth. <laughs> <laughs> They're gorgeous. Oh, thank you. <laughs> see ya. Bye. 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 I'm so in the mood for Strictly now, aren't you? <laughs> no, me too. I'm like, yes, come on. It's so nice that he's still so passionate about it after 15 years. I think it would be very easy for him to just be like, oh, it's just a job. But he really does enjoy it, doesn't he? Oh, definitely. And I think it comes across, doesn't it? To be a judge on any of these big shows, I think you've got to have the passion there. And I love that he takes it all with a pinch of salt, like the booing. I almost feel like he's like a, a panto roll for him. Yeah, like being, totally. being the baddie. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Actually, what a lovely man. Yeah, really lovely man. I'm really glad we had him on. Um, but we have no time to waste because I believe your, your Towie co-star, Frankie Sims, is ready to come in. Oh, uh, it's Frankie. Hello. Oh, hey, Frankie. <laughs> How you doing, Frank? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. I feel like I've not seen you for a little while. I know, I've hardly seen you, have I? Crazy, Last time I saw you, it was sunny. Sorry, my love? Last time I saw you, it was sunny. Oh, I know, when is it? Last summer. Yeah. <laughs> How are you finding this series, babe? Um, yeah, I mean, much better than last series, because last series I was, like, so shy and I didn't know what to expect. Um, so this series, I've literally, I think when you know what to expect, you know sort of how to act. So, um, yeah, I'm so much better and so much more confident. And, yeah, I, I've enjoyed it so much more. 
it's obviously been probably a bit of a funny time. I mean, me and Bob have talked about this, but to film a reality show, hasn't it? Like, because you can't do any of the normal things yeah. that you'd be doing in Towie. How's that been for you? To be honest, I have, like, on the down low, preferred it this way because <laughs> all the drama starts at the events. And you know what I mean? That's where all the awkwardness is. So because we're not seeing each other and you're just filming in your own little bubbles, it's been quite peaceful. I've quite enjoyed it. But it has been a bit weird. Not You've had your fair share of drama this series, though, haven't you, babes? I know. I still didn't manage to escape it. No, <laughs> not I, at I all. I think when you've got a boyfriend, though, like, you are always going to have drama on the show because, obviously, you're, you're, like, there for everyone to give their opinions on. Like, anything that happens between, like, you and, like, your partner, everyone's going to have their own view on it. So there's always going to be a bit of drama. How are you dealing with that now and, and, and the kind of fallout of what happens with Chloe and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, fine. Absolutely fine. It's weird watching it back because... Obviously, it was like two, three months ago, and then watching it back like two weeks ago, it was really weird. And it all like, it's weird because all the emotions come back, and then all the Twitter trolls come out, don't they? <laughs> so um, it was weird, but absolutely fine. Like, I've not got any bad emotions towards it or anything, no hard feelings. And how does it affect you and Harry behind closed doors, Frank? So, obviously, when and obviously, when you're on a reality show, especially in a couple, people have always gone over their opinions, and people throw their two <laughs> pence in, didn't they? Yeah. Which kind of can have a, a knock-on effect and, and cause more rag than you would probably have behind the closed doors. But then having that as work and then going home, does it affect the relationship? Yeah, it has been hard. And, like, obviously it's hard um, with, like, the Twitter trolls and people like that just constantly, every single time I open my messages, there's constant messages about Harry and how he isn't good for me and stuff. And... It does affect us a little bit, but we are both quite thick-skinned. Um, but then, obviously, when I'm watching Towie, they do cut things to make some situations look a little bit more seedy than what they are. So, I like, when I'm watching it, I do get where all the viewers are coming from and everyone's opinions, but I just, you just have to stay true to yourself and how you feel, because if you, let, if you listen to everybody else's opinions, your head's going to be scrambled. But, um, yeah, we do struggle sometimes. Did Chloe warn you about that before you kind of joined the show? That you, yeah. it may end up being a bit not what you're expecting to see on TV. Yeah, she did warn me, but um, to be honest, she's, she's been on it for so long. She's been on it since I was like 15. So I've always experienced like just watching her with like the trolling and all the opinions. And even when I was at school, like everyone still gave their opinions to me. And I found it quite difficult at school because Joey was on, on Towie as well at that time. Um, but yeah, I knew what to expect. And if, if I was, um, wasn't as thick-skinned as what I am, then I wouldn't have come on the show. I would have just left it. But um, yeah, I, I am happy that I come on the show. And to be honest, I'm, I'm doing all right so far with it all, with all the hate. So it's not affected me too bad. I was going to say, Frank, you've mentioned the trolling. What's your kind of take on it? How do you deal with it when you kind of see it on social media? Um... Well, I just literally let it go over my head because a lot of the trolling, people like categorise me, Demi and Chloe as like, I don't know, they, they just give us all the same insult. Like they'll just be like, them three are nasty witches or them three are insecure. And it's like, how can we all be insecure? So I do just laugh it off because I'm like, people just want to use nasty names, you know, like to insult all three of us at the same time. And 
people don't know what happens behind closed doors um, with like me and Harry as well. So yeah, I just, I, I just don't let it affect me. I just laugh it off most of the time. But there has been some occasions where people have like picked fault in my insecurities, you know, like in my body and stuff. And I just find it easier to talk about my body on social media and talk about, yeah, I am curvy. I'm not like skinny, like all the other girls. Like I have obviously, like I do train and try and lose weight. Um, I found that easier rather than me hiding my insecurities and then people picking fault in them. It almost, I mean, for someone who does isn't on TV, it kind of, it, it must be painful. I mean, I just, I just can't imagine when someone's, you know, you've got a funny thing, I don't know, about your legs or, or your, I don't yeah. know, shoulders, and someone's just like having a go at you. It must be difficult to deal with. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, like a lot of people in the public eye have just turned to like surgery and things like that, you know, to prevent all the comments. And to be honest, I was quite insecure about my boobs um, the whole of last series, but I didn't really get any trolling for it. But I was just so insecure that somebody was going to say something. I just went and got a boob lift because I thought to myself, I'm, I better fix it before anybody notices it, if that makes sense. So I feel like, yeah, it can affect you quite bad. And does Harry get, get the trolling as well, Frank? Yeah, so Harry gets quite a lot of trolling. Um, but he, I don't think he even goes onto Twitter or like really goes onto Instagram like on his message request or anything. I think he just literally bats it all off. Because he, he knows like the truth of where, like, do you know what I mean, of a situation. And I think as long as he knows I know, then he's not bothered. Boys, well, boys like him are quite thick skin because like he knows he's good looking. He knows he's like, do you know what I mean, got a good body. So he's just like, anyone, anything anyone else has got to say about me, I'm, I don't care. So you don't think the show would ever ruin your relationship then? Um, I hope not, but I, I can, it, it will put, it has put dents in us. Obviously we're not perfect and everybody who's, con everyone's had an opinion ever since the minute I walked on the show and me and Harry went on a date. Um, so it has put dents in our relationship and I, I can't say that it won't ruin it, but I just hope it doesn't. I think that's very honest of you, yeah, because it must be, it can't be easy. And you're, yeah. you're, do, you're doing it and you're doing it well. So I think that's the yeah. best thing to, to bear in mind. It's, it's, it's not all, it's not all uh, negative, though. You've, uh, you've got some, um, you've got a new makeup uh, brush range, haven't you? Yeah, so my two of my best friends, Dean and Harry, brought out their own brand, um, Celebrity Brushes. And they, like, I was so shocked. They asked me to bring out my own range. I was like, oh my God, like, I've, I've only been like <laughs> in the reality TV for like not even a year. But yeah, I brought it out and it went really well. I was so shocked because I was wor worried that nobody was going to buy anything with my name on. And then they literally sold out within the first week or two weeks, I think it was. So I was That's like, oh, yeah, it's been amazing. So what's actually, so is it just a range of brushes? So what, what's the deal? Yeah, so it's just like a range of brushes. It's a 15-piece brush set, um, and they're completely sold out now, and we're bringing out more another brush set and then an eyeshadow palette as well, which I've been working really hard on because I've been like, it's got 15 colours in it, so I've been like thinking, my mind's been going crazy, like, oh, my God, do I need the black? Do I need, do you know what I need? Do I need the blue? <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, so we're bringing out two more um, pieces to the collection. And then hopefully by next year, I'll have like a whole range of them. 
that must be nice to have something on the side as well isn't it in addition to the stuff yeah. you film on the show definitely and it keeps me busy because i mean we're stopping filming next week and then we're not back until well we're not back properly until the new year so it's definitely something to put my mind to um, there has obviously been a little bit of drama involving uh, Chloe and Pete, hasn't there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, have you, what have you made of all of that? Um, well, Pete's a good friend of mine. Um, like before, obviously, him and Chloe fell out. We got on really well. Um, and to be honest, me and Demi just didn't get involved when they fell out because we didn't want to fall out with him and then they make up and then we're like, do you know what I mean? Stuck in the middle. So we just completely stayed amicable and then they're friends again now which is good for us and we we all spend a lot of time together outside of filming yeah definitely and i think that's the thing as well and like you said earlier on the thing is because we're a little bit in advance with filming this series which we're not normally this far ahead like normally it's to a week at most isn't it so i think yeah. now it's kind of living things back after they've kind of played out a little bit so um yeah it's so weird because like last year obviously my first season you would film a scene and then watch it like three four days later wouldn't you but then yeah. now and like think to yourself oh god i need to like improve on that or i need to like show <laughs> that i'm more passionate about that and then now you're watching it two months later you're thinking oh i wish i did this differently or i wish i'd have known someone said that do you know what i mean it's so weird i don't think i like it like this i think i want it to go back to how it was <laughs> have, have you really noticed a difference filming kind of during the pandemic compared to your first series? Yeah, a massive difference. It's quite, it is quite strict as well when we get to filming, isn't it? Like with the, the temperatures and like the social distancing. But I, I'd prefer them to be like that than them to be laid back about it because I felt like safe and it's important to feel safe when you're at work, isn't it? But um yeah it has been weird because especially when you're in scenes with people when they're crying or when they're happy it's like i really want to hug you but i can't i've got to stay two meters but obviously me and my sisters are in our little bubble um and that's who i film with the majority of the time so it's i've not really it's not affected me as much as what it's probably affected people who um aren't in bubbles yeah Definitely. Do you think, can you foresee yourself staying with Towie as long as, as long as it's on or, or do you think that that would be a couple of years and then you'll try something else? What do you think? Um, I'm not sure. I hope so. I mean, I'm enjoying it at the minute um, and I'm enjoying like the platform. So like working on Instagram and things like that. So I hope that like I do stick with it for a few more years. Um, but I have got a degree, but I didn't enjoy the subject that I got my degree in, so I, I don't what know where that? I was going in event management. Oh, okay. That's perfect for Towie, where we can all have parties again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I should utilise it on Towie. But yeah, I if I wasn't on Towie, I, I don't know what I would be doing right now. <laughs> yeah, fair. Not, not the time to be holding events, I guess, at the moment. Yeah, no, no, definitely not. I do <laughs> Um, well, Frankie, thanks so much for joining us this evening. Really appreciate it. Um, Thank you for um, having me. No, it's, it's been a pleasure and um, look forward to seeing you on the rest of the series. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks, thanks Frank. So See much. you at the finale. Yeah, you Bye, darling. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Oh, nice girl. Nice girl. Lovely girl. Yeah, definitely. Oh, um, love it when you have one of my own on here. It's yeah. so mad, and I know I say it every time we do, but because I'm so used to seeing everyone, it feels so weird when it's someone that you work with and I've not seen her for weeks. So, yeah, just crazy. But 
lovely that we we can have our little chats via the Zoom. I don't know. Little catch up. Little catch up. Thank God we got the technology, Stephen. That's all I'm saying. Tell you about. Well, we wouldn't be doing this otherwise, would we? Um, oh, I mean, um, <laughs> we have we have our final guest, uh, uh, who is comedian Darren Harriet, uh, ready to come in. Amazing. Hello. Hi. Uh, you're right. I don't know what's going your internet connection is unstable. Oh, that's fantastic. That's what we need. <laughs> okay, well, Darren, we'll try for as long as we can until something cuts out or, or, or whatever happens. So, um, all right, yeah, com- sorry. That's all right. Don't worry about it. Thanks for, thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. A, a bit of a busy day. And um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm all right, man. I feel, I feel good. It's nice to be, uh, I, I like the autumn. So I'm very much into it being cold. I, surely you're not into this miserable fucking weather. I don't like I the mean. rain. <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like the rain, but mate, July stuck in the house was not fun. It was too hot, man. Yeah, how how has lockdown been for you? Because obviously, people in your industry, it's affected more than most others, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was crazy. Um, I didn't do much, man. You just watch TV and just get fat, and then uh, people were offering. <laughs> People were offering gigs in car parks to people in cars. And, uh, yeah, I said no. But, you know, because you don't know who's if there's anyone in the cars. You can't tell. Surely you could see. Surely you could see. Oh, you were, you were like 100 feet away. So you had no idea. They bibbed horns sometimes, but bibbing a horn, I mean... That's the worst thing ever. Yeah, no, it was it was horrible. Like, I didn't want to do them. Yeah. So you actually did you not do any? Um, no, I didn't do any of them. I didn't do any Zoom gigs or anything like that at all. Um, yeah, I, you know what the problem is? I just, as you can see in my background, I just don't have any books for my Zoom background. <laughs> yeah, fair. I mean, That's why I've got the plant, the map. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to show show off the kind of guy I am. Not getting that vibe from you, Darren. Exactly. <laughs> Are you missing being able to do stand-up, Darren? Um, n- no. <laughs> <laughs> I might be... <laughs> I, I've, I've, yeah, I've been, I've been doing it like 14 years, so it was nice to have a break. It's a shame it was because of a pandemic, mm. but uh, it was nice to just... I've enjoyed not having anything to do on a Friday or a Saturday. It's been... Um, just drink really it at fun. home on your own. <laughs> oh, it's nice. I'll tell, you what's, I'll tell you what's a good show, guys. The Graham Norton show. Pretty fun, mate. What's oh. to watch? No, I heard of him. So I'm up and comer, I guess. It's a good show to watch. I'm never in. So I'm like, oh, this, this guy is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just come back, isn't he? I think, I think um, TV is where people are kind of finding their solace at the moment, isn't it? And uh, yeah, I guess Graham it's Norton fun. is amongst those things. <laughs> How does yeah, TV, TV compare? To... Sorry, mate. Say that again, bud. I was going to say, how does TV compare? So when you're doing telly compared to, to your stand-up, do you kind of have a favourite? Well, I mean, right now, I probably prefer TV because there's no audience. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just everything you say is hilarious to everybody in the room because there's no audience judging you. And I'm like, you know what? I'm pretty good. It's great because everyone just laughs to make up for the lack of audience in there. So, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, doing that, I've, I've done a few gigs um, recently and you are basically performing in front of like sheets. Hold on, there's a, there's a police going past. Hold on. It's all right. Don't worry. 
I, it let you know I'm in a nice area, mate. There's police, they, they patrol. <laughs> they look after the people. Um, yeah, so uh, the thing that, that, the problem that they're having with gigs is that you can really tell the people who are like worried about COVID because some gigs will give you uh, set your own mic. They'll give you your own microphone when you get there, separate microphones, and then other gigs, they give you, they, they don't do that. And then some people are pulling out of gigs now because they don't want to share... Mm. Because when you think about it, it's it's it is very like COVID-y. You spit, you literally spit it into a mic, and then you hand it. I suppose it's the host. It's like five people getting that mic. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, so, um, yeah. But I, it's it, it's nice to see things sort of picking up again um, and getting back. Uh, just you know, what, guys, just don't take things for granted. That's what I'll say. A bit of wisdom you on that. You like, I mean, you're full of good advice, aren't you? <laughs> Graham Norton show, don't yeah. take things for granted, whatever next. Um, tell, us, tell us a bit about... Uh, Wait, I'll tell you. What? Go on, go on. I can't remember, mate. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Fine. Well, tell, tell, us, <laughs> tell us a little bit about uh, your new show on TV that you've got coming up. Uh, yeah, guessable, because what we need right now is no politics and a bit of parlor games and celebrities uh, getting really annoyed at themselves for not being very good at charades and Pictionary. Uh, yeah, guessable. <laughs> it's, it's a fantastic show. It's um, so it's, it's me as a team captain, uh, Sarah Pascoe as the host, and Alan Davies as the other team captain. And uh, we've also got John Kearns as a sort of right hand man who sets up a lot of the tasks. It's really fun. It's got a it's it's, it's got a bit of hypothetical in there. Uh, a bit of comedy game night as well, all mixed in as well. One thing that people uh, will be very surprised about is that on the show, Alan Davies is the smartest person. No and way. He's not used to that. <laughs> he's not used to it. Any, anything that comes in, we ask Alan, and he's like, I'm, not, I'm used to being the dumbest person, which says a lot about me. <laughs> I am bottom of that pile. Oh, boy. But no, it's just, uh, it's super fun. Um, it comes on Comedy Central, but uh, if you're like my family, you might not have Comedy Central, but you've got Channel 5. So, uh, yeah, it comes on Fridays at 10 p.m. on Channel 5. I don't know what's on before on Channel 5. It's probably a documentary about an obese child who just wants to be a ballerina or something. You know what they or are. Or Jay McDonald cruising or, uh, you know, Evil Cats return or something. That seems to be Channel 5 specials. Exactly. You can't... You can't yeah, you can't shove a Jane McDonald on a cruise ship now. That's, that's, <laughs> like, Jane, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> National treasures, you can't put them on cruise ships. Yeah, you're right. Um, was it all filmed, exactly. was it all filmed before the pandemic or during? Oh, no, geez, we filmed, we finished filming, if I remember, end of August, I think. Oh, okay. Right, end of August, early September, we started sort of filming, so, um, no, it was all very, very COVID-friendly, uh, COVID-safe. We all had our little seats. It's so funny when you watch TV and you see how far away some people are. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. It's weird, right? It's like, you guys got headphones in? Like, do you go, how do you even hear each other from so yeah. far away? Yeah. And um, it's, uh, I'm sure you've had this as well, but Bobby, we did thing together, didn't we? Um, yeah, a couple of weeks ago. It was, that was a right fun one to do, wasn't it? It really was, isn't it? it? Wasn't it like fun without no audience? It was just so fun. 
I found it, I still, because I think it's the first show I filmed that was studio based where we should have had an audience. Um, but I mean, I was so grateful. I mean, I think well, we had such a great show, honestly. I, I enjoyed it so much. And uh, I just think it just shows how amazing the behind the scenes is that we're able to still deliver shows in studios without the audience. Like, I guess exactly like your show, Guessable, that, that we're finding ways to do it. And it's what we really need at the minute. Do you know what I mean? Fresh telly. Fresh telly is... I'll tell you, that there's two things we need right now. Fresh telly and a vaccine. But you know what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Vaccine. But until then, the telly, eh? Bit of telly. Especially if you haven't I'll had a lockdown. I'll take telly, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say I'll take the vaccine and then that you can then feel awkward with audiences again. I'd rather that, unfortunately, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you kind of, you said you've kind of enjoyed it without audiences. Are, are you a bit nervous about going back to doing stand-up again eventually, whenever whenever the time may be? Um, well, the stand-up that I've done, it's it, the stand-up that I've done so far with the, the sort of limited audiences, it's fine. It's just a few gigs. They go through different stages. So sometimes it's like the audience members have to wear masks which is just horrendous because they all look like judgmental ninjas. Yeah, no one, you can't see a thing. Yeah, you could, they're smiling, laughing, nothing. Awful. And then there's other gigs where they've put like a plastic sheet in between like you and the audience and you just feel like you're, you're sort of like a caged psychopath <laughs> when all you're doing is like just doing jokes about your, your, your dad. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like you're the infected one. It's, it's such a strange thing. But um, yeah, I think TV. Um, I think I, I, I look. I do look forward to doing TV again with audiences because I just feel like everyone's a bit more appreciative mm -hmm. because it's like, oh, we could. We, this this will stop for six months. Oh, let's okay. let's enjoy ourselves a little bit more now. So yeah, that's. I mean, that's going to be fun. I think. I, 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 um, I do think that we we don't need zoos anymore. I think we can just get rid of zoos. Like keep the animals, but just get rid of the zoos. Do we what, really what? need zoos still? Where, 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 is this zoo, where is this zoo decision come from? Zoos... Well, I've just noticed that zoos are closing down because obviously, you know, like everything else. And, my, and I'm, I used to like zoos. Now I think they're pretty bad. So I'm like, just get two things. Get rid of zoos and uh, pret a manjays. We don't need them. <laughs> this is a controversial statement to be making <laughs> to people that live in London. I mean, geez. This is... I live in London. This is a controversial statement said by Darren Harriet. Send your tweets to Fubar, not me. <laughs> We've been there, so be careful what you wish for. <laughs> um, so, Guessable, when, when did you say we can catch it again? You can catch Guessable on every Monday uh, at 9pm on Comedy Central. If you don't have Comedy Central, I know you probably don't. You can catch it uh, every Friday on Channel 5 at 10pm. Uh, I think it's, I think Graham Norton's on around then, but just watch Guessable then, just watch that later. Yeah, yeah, you can always catch up on iPlayer, perfect. Exactly. <laughs> um, thanks so much, Darren, really appreciate you coming on this evening. Oh, thank you guys, thank you for, uh, for having me. Uh, sorry about my tardiness in the time, but uh, do be safe, wear a mask and sanitise just everywhere. Not just your hands, just everywhere. <laughs> Fit little face wash. <laughs> I've actually Take got some hey. right here. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Darren. Thanks, Darren. Bye, mate. Cheers. Take care, man. Be safe. And Jay, mate.
What I actually forgot to ask then, Bob. What was the show that you did? Oh, so the show we filmed was um, Hello Tracy. Have you seen it? ITV Two. No, I haven't. Tell me about it. What do you have to do? So I think this is now series two, and um, basically there's two teams, and it's the concept is that you make phone calls to try and find out the answer to a question. So if, oh, if I've it, heard of this. I have heard of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So depending, it's not obviously someone that's going to know the exact answer. It could be some three, like three or four kind of businesses that might be able to kind of guide you or help you. You kind of have to hope for the best and hope they have the right answer. But it's, um, it, it was a right laugh to do. And like I say, just kind of nice. That was back, back in the summer when we felt like it was getting a little bit more normal. We was, we was allowed <laughs> to do more. Kind of feel like we digressed a little bit now. But again, <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take the jobs, even if there's no audience there. Obviously, it'd be lovely when they're allowed back. But uh, what can we do, eh? What can you do? What it's a Panny D going on. It's a Panny D. Lovely. I've heard a couple of people say Panny D now. I'm very, I'm actually kind of into it. Let's lighten the mood. Let's lighten the mood. Yeah. <laughs> what, what can we do? We, we've got to do our best. We're all doing our bit. Certainly are. Um, so what, what have you got coming up this week, Bob? Anything exciting? So I am like the very last part of filming the current series of Towie. So um, that, that's going to keep me busy up until yeah. then. And uh, yeah, I kind of, I don't really know where, where the year's gone. I think, like most of us, I'm guessing, we went from kind of March, kept thinking that the summer was going to be a lot longer than it was, and, and now I'm just seeing Halloween everywhere, and I've even yeah. been into a couple of shops and seen ball, balls. Like, the decks are out, I've seen advent calendars, and I'm not ready for it, because let's face it, it's <laughs> early October, so kind of hold back on the advent calendars. I um, hear you. But that could be the, the joy of our day if we do have another lockdown. Do you know what I mean? Opening them little windows and getting a little chocolate out of it. <laughs> kind of hoping that isn't the one, the one thing. Up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to open my window today and like, get a little bit of chocolate out. But, um... I might buy one of those nice like wine ones or gin ones or something if it's that bad. Yeah, I think but... uh, cheat myself. I saw on Scope's Instagram, he had one. That, um, I don't know if it's his endorsement. It is. Yeah, it is. It's his own gin one I saw. Well, that's my kind of that's my kind of bad thing. Canada. Also, there's a gummy bear one, like an Aribo. So a little bit more sweet than chocolate. Oh, okay, um, blimey. But so I might get an Aribo, a gin, a soggy, and a chocolate one. And a chocolate. Well, if we're not going out the house, might as well do say we've got we've got 24 hours to kill. So how long does it take to open three windows? Get all the joy you can in this year, Bob. <laughs> and if that's three advent calendars, then so be it. And. Um, what about you, Baze? Have you got a busy week lined up? Uh, not so busy. I'm going into the office uh, and then on Saturday, this is quite random, I'm going to the Tower of London, which I've never been to before. Um, yeah, well, my friend, my friend got two tickets from his mum and dad and he was like, I don't really want to go, but do you want to go? And I was like, well, if it's a free ticket, I'm, I'm up for it. So, uh, so yeah, I'm going to the Tower of London for the first time ever. You'll love it. I can't believe you've never been. I know, I used to work right next door to it as well. But yeah, now I'm going at the age of 34. Finally, I'll be... I bet it's so much nicer to go as a, an adult because I, I've loved it as a kid, but I'd love to know more like about actually, it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what Pay I mean? more attention, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I'm a bit, I like a bit of history, a bit of Tudor history. So, uh, so I think that'll be, it should be fun. I mean, quite random, but you know. I know, I love things like that. I love a little bit of Henry VIII. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Um, well, I think uh, we've come to the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What a good uh, one. 
what a, what a real good and what a treat and uh thanks so much for joining everyone and uh bob see you next week see you next week bye guys